A reading from Matthew uh, chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. He answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that the priests on Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Over the past three Sundays, we've been considering Sabbath. We've used words that Marva Dawn offers as a way of understanding some of the dimensions of Sabbath. Sabbath ceasing calls us to repent of our failure to trust God as we try to carve out our own future. Sabbath resting strengthens us as we place our lives in the firm grip of God's grace. We become still so that we will know that God is God. Sabbath embracing opens the door to God's kingdom as we focus on our life together, as we reach out toward the world in compassion, as we find our place in God's presence. Sabbath is a a cathedral in time in which we stop to discover God's love for us. But remember, even though the biblical Sabbath often means a day set aside, that's not the full extent of the Sabbath. I mean, don't get me wrong, setting aside a day each week is a good practice. But if we truly want to discover the Sabbath God intends for us, then we must recognize that the Sabbath points beyond itself. Sabbath is also a matter of our hearts. God's desire is for us to live with a Sabbath attitude. Sabbath happens where we cease from our ways to rest in God's care and discover our lives embraced in God's purposes. So today, on this day of thanksgiving, I'd like us to think for a few moments about one more dimension of Sabbath. Sabbath as feasting. Of course, most of us think there's a logical connection between feasting and thanksgiving. But let me be clear, I'm not talking about the usual gluttony that we associate with thanksgiving. I mean, it's true. Our culture is obsessed with food. One person notes that we're a culture stuck between Barbie and the bulge. We dream thin but we live fat. So when we say that Sabbath is for feasting, we have to be careful that we don't associate it with overeating. If overeating is our way of life, Sabbath feasting can lose its rich character. Scripture warns us that we're ripe then for forgetting God. In just a bit, we're going to read from Deuteronomy 8. Moses calls the people of Israel to remember God. Remember, says Moses, when you're in a land in which you lack nothing. Remember that God caused you to hunger in the desert and fed you with manna. Remember to praise the Lord for all that God has given you. 
Don't forget the Lord your God when you have this huge Thanksgiving feast. When you eat and you're satisfied, you may be tempted toward pride. You might forget God. Sometimes to truly honor Sabbath feasting, we must do without. To cultivate a Sabbath heart, it might be good for us to also practice abstaining. Sabbath feasting, then, isn't just a practice of gluttony. It's a celebration of God's goodness and abundance. God's goodness and abundance experienced today points to the heavenly feast that we will one day celebrate. We're tasting what God has in store for us. Sabbath feasting is that holy experience of God's eternity touching today. This is what the Jesus story in Matthew 12 wants to bring home to us. Jesus and his disciples were walking through a grain field on the Sabbath. They were hungry, so they plucked and ate the heads of grain. The Pharisees were furious. Jesus' disciples were breaking God's law. One couldn't simply pluck grain on the Sabbath. And what the Pharisees failed to see is that Jesus was enjoying the gifts of God in that moment even on the Sabbath, or especially on the Sabbath. Jesus isn't saying that the Sabbath is a bad idea. He's not declaring that God has changed God's mind about the Sabbath. Rather, Jesus is challenging the way Sabbath has become a stranglehold on God's people. The Pharisees were so intent on keeping their law that they forgot God. The Sabbath was meant to care for people. God meant Sabbath as a time for restoration. But the Pharisees strictly applied the law so it got in the way of God's intention for love and care. Sabbath feasting is a time to delight in the gifts God has given. Sabbath feasting is a a time to enjoy the gifts that God provides us through every day. Sabbath is a time to celebrate all that comes from God. Pastor John Ortberg once spoke about the practice of celebration as a discipline for the Christian life. This is what he says. People who want to pursue pursue joy especially need to practice the discipline of celebration. Celebration generally involves activities that bring pleasure. Gathering with people we love. Eating and drinking. Singing and dancing. I be interested how many of you will sing and dance at your Thanksgiving feasts a little bit later today. I'd love to be there. Spiritual celebration, says Orberg, means doing them while reflecting on the wonderful God who has given us such wonderful gifts. There are many gifts that we can celebrate I hope you're thinking about that already because in a few moments you'll get the chance to be able to testify your own thanksgivings for all that God has done in your life. Because we can encounter God in so many different places and experience His goodness. Today, most of us will celebrate that good gift of family and friends. But here, let me just offer a few other examples. I'm sure you could come up with more. I think music is one of the things on which we feast. The joy that we experience as we sing praises to God is one of the highlights of our time together. 
If you were here last Sunday, then you know that Julian Alvarez's drumming lifted our songs just a little bit higher to God's throne. And if you're here this coming Sunday afternoon for the 74th singing of the Messiah, then you will know the height and depth and breadth of Handel's retelling of Christ's life. The Holy Spirit moves among us through a wide variety of songs and music so that we give a voice to our heartfelt honor to God. Music is a gift that God gives us on which we can feast. We also feast on beauty. There's a strong tradition in the Jewish observance of Sabbath that emphasizes beauty. God invites us to celebrate all of the beauty that God places before us. Sunday afternoon walks or bike rides give us an opportunity to delight in God's creation. But beyond the day, whenever or wherever we encounter beauty at Yosemite or Monterey Bay, fashioning furniture in our workshop or planting gardens of flowers and vegetables, reading a lovely novel or exploring a Rembrandt museum. To dwell on beauty is an experience of feasting on God's goodness. And of course, we feast on food. One of the ways that our family tries to keep the Sabbath is by reserving certain foods for Sunday. Our Sunday afternoon meal is enjoying a bowl of soup. Anita gets up early and she prepares a big pot of soup. She takes delight in making the soup. And she makes some of the best soups. I look forward to Sunday soup every week. It's one of the great blessings that God provides us. And so we feast on Sunday soup. And then there are leftovers, usually, that last for a few lunches into the week. And so I'm reminded of the feast that we had, that gracious gracious blessing of God carries on into my week. Feasting, then, is, is part of that discipline of celebration. It's exercising our ability to, to see and to feel God's goodness. Feasting takes note of the good gifts that God gives us. It's about enjoying what you already have, not exercising an appetite for more. The food we love to eat. Music that moves our souls. Sports that stretch and challenge us. Books that refresh our spirits. Clothes that make us happy. Beauty that makes our hearts sing. We take note of all of these, giving thanks to God for his wonderful goodness. One author notes, Celebration is the honoring of that which we hold most dear. Celebration is delighting in that which tells us who we are. Celebration is taking the time to cherish each other. Celebration is returning with open arms and thankful hearts to our Maker. Feasting ultimately brings us to this destination. Thankful hearts to our Maker. I'm convinced that Jesus and his disciples in that field approached that grain with thankful hearts.
They ate with glad and sincere hearts, aware that every good and perfect gift, grain at just the right moment of their hunger, comes from the Father. That God gives good and bounteous gifts. And that's where Sabbath feasting brings us. It heightens our awareness of the joy that God brings us in the present, and it teases us with the delight that will be ours when Christ comes again. And when we come face to face with the wonder, the beauty, the satisfaction that God brings us, we are overcome with gratitude. All feasting ultimately brings us to the destination of giving thanks. We give thanks in the moment, whether in a Sabbath day or a time of Thanksgiving worship, or while adoring the beauty that surrounds us. For in these moments, we meet the Lord of the Sabbath. And in giving thanks, we're transformed. Author Dan Allender puts it like this. We say thank you, thank you, for including me in this moment. And then we hear the Creator say in return, No, thank you for joining me in this glory, for celebrating with me my glory. And then, in that moment of celebrating God's glory, we discover the truest essence of Sabbath ceasing, resting, embracing, and feasting. Let's pray together. Lord God, today is a day of feasting when we remember all of your good and perfect gifts. Today is a day to celebrate that you are a God of great abundance who has met us in our lives and who has offered us just a taste of your goodness. Not only for today, but a taste of what will be when we with all of your people join together in that great feast when Christ returns. What a great day that will be. Thank you, Father, for your goodness to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.